What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, everyone. I'm Gordon Bombay, the new hockey coach. All right, let's go! Learn me! Come on! We're Team USA, gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks, and ducks fly together. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. Uh, who you calling white dress? I'm Mike. Tommy's not here. That's Kevin. What's up, y'all? In his place, in Tommy's place, I should say, we have director, stuntman, special effects guy, writer, Eric D. Howells here. Eric, thanks for being here. Thanks. I take out the trash, too. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Eric's got a new movie out, Voice from the Stone. Uh, I watched it this weekend. Uh Available in select theaters, video on demand. You can get it anywhere you you watch movies. Basically, you can get it iTunes, Amazon, that kind of stuff. Uh, stars Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. She plays Verana. It, it, I enjoyed it. The the I it was very. It's like a creepy movie. It's like the mood and the tone is really like creepy, and like not much. Like right away, it's pretty creepy without even like having to do much. So. Um, I guess you can explain it better than me. Just what is sort of the film about? Well, the film is is definitely creepy. Um, it's it's a story about uh, it, it's a story about a nurse who goes to um, to a castle in 1950s Tuscany uh, and goes to a castle to help a young boy who's basically gone mute since the death of his mother, and she goes there to help the boy. Uh, interviews with the with the with the with the father and husband um, and basically gets the job and starts trying to help this boy speak again and discovers that the boy hears the voice of his dead mother in the stone of the castle. And, you know, obviously the setup is very sort of Gothic horror. The movie itself is very much Gothic romance. <laughs> it's intended to be a horror film. It's very much a love story. Um, mm-hmm. You so, know, love, loss, grief. Yeah, a lot of a lot of things start happening. You're really not sure what's uh, what's real and what's not. At some point, it's 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 good. Like you, you're not really sure where it's going, which I think is a very um, hard thing to do nowadays. But uh, we can talk about more of that in a second here. Uh, again, voice from the stone. Go to voicefromthestone.com. You can find all that kind of good stuff here. Uh, the reason. I, we have you on it and it's you had a little interesting career here um in the movie making industry uh you start out in special effects at least from your imdb you start out in special effects how do you get into just special effects how do you get into the mighty ducks on that first movie and how do you transition into into stunts from there well it's yeah it's kind of weird i was living in downtown st paul Minnesota and uh, living on a houseboat and uh, it was my senior year just after my senior year in high school and so I'm 18 years old hanging out all summer long 
lounging around on, and, and, and this is not a glamorous boat. I'm just going to tell you, this is not like your, you know, your, your, your South beach yacht club. This is St. Paul yacht club, you know? So this is like a steel boat. It's a, it's basically it's a trailer park on the water and uh, you know, but it's great. I love it. It's, it's, it's a great place to live. And, and uh, I'm, I'm there and uh, some people come to scout for a film called drop dead Fred. And uh, I show them all around the yacht club. And then uh, a couple weeks later, the special effects team comes by and I don't know who they are and they're loading lumber down the dock. And I say, Hey, throw the lumber in this, in this little work boat I have and I'll save you the trip. And, they said, God, we want to hire you. And I said, great, what do you do? And they said, special effects. I said, what's that? And, and that's kind of where it started. And I started rigging stunts because there was a big stunt sequence that uh, was happening in pyrotechnics. And, and so I, I just started doing it. And, and I would rig the stunt. And then the stuntman would come in and get paid a, hell of a whole hell of a lot more money than me. <laughs> so I said, well, Dan, I'm going to get my set and, and start doing stunts. And um, that turned into going out and working at Paisley Park for Prince. I, 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 my first video out there was Diamonds and Pearls. And uh, wow. I was, my job was to, I'm 18 years old, and my job is to blow smoke to cover up the breasts of Diamonds and Pearls, of, of the women. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm in a hot tub doing it. And I'm like, I'm never leaving this business. This <laughs> is it. I'm, I'm, I'm staying in. That, that's and, like a party uh, story for life. I know, right? It's just great. And and Prince was working for Prince was great because he's brilliant, first of all. But he, if you're working hard and you're not afraid of him, he would let you do all sorts of stuff. And I would kind of, I even, you know, I got to work, operate cameras sometimes and stuff and, you know, never principal stuff, but always was able to get my hands dirty with something, you know, and, and uh, he, it was just cool. It was a great way to learn. And then, and then Mighty Ducks came along. And uh, the same guys that had hired me on, on Drop Dead Fed hired me to come on board and work on Prince and, and hired me to come on board and work on the Mighty Ducks. And that was my first, uh, you know, I guess, well, you know, my first real full movie because I started from, you know, from pre-production all the way through. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's one of the better stories we've had on here. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So you're living on this houseboat. What is the plan at 18 years old other than just to live on the houseboat before this? Well, right. Come? I was, I know I was all signed up. I was all signed up for Naval ROTC, <laughs> Navy ROTC. And to, cause I wanted to fly. Right. And, uh-huh. and so I, I, I'm, I'm like, okay, great. And I, uh, that, that winter I was doing, uh, I was working in a ski shop. And I took a survey and everyone said, you know what, after you graduate, you need to, you need to take a year just for yourself and go just ski. And I said, cool. And I took another survey. Where would you go? And they said, Vail. Great. So I, I graduate, I spend the summer and, and do this movie, do, do Drop Dead Fred and a couple other little projects. And then I, I, I go to, to, to Vail, Colorado with $200 in my skis. And I realized they meant when I graduated college because everybody <laughs> out there, and, and like I was I, seriously, I was the only kid out there. I was 18 and I was like, Oh shoot. I had no idea. So I got a job the first day I got there, the ski boots and there's a lift operator. And, um, it was the best. And then in the summer, and uh and work on films and then i would and then or you know and then i would go back 
in the winter and I actually this the second time I, second year I went to uh, Colorado Mountain College in Steamboat Springs hmm. and I skied for another year and then came back and and then movies would come up like Mighty Ducks and I'd end up oh well I'm going to take this semester off and I think ultimately I had a full 4.0 scholarship through a year and a half of college and I said screw it I'm going to make movies and I think I forget which movie it was but it might have been the Mighty Ducks it, I just decided you know, forget it. I just love what I'm doing. And, uh, and, uh, I started learning on sets on film sets. And in, 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 at that time in Minneapolis, the film industry was going crazy up here. I'm I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but, uh, do you ever regret not finishing college? Never. Yeah. Never regret it. It's, it's, I mean, it's for some people, it's definitely, it's a good thing, but but, um, I, you know, I have a curiosity and a desire to learn. And if you have that, you really don't need to pay the tuition. Mm-hmm. What did your parents think when you just picked up and went to go ski? Well, you know, there was, there was, there was, I got a lot of support from home. Okay. They were, you know, they weren't thrilled with it, but <laughs> if you want to do it. And then, and then I actually, what, where that, where I did strike a nerve was when I was, when I you know, full ride scholarship. And I just said, I'm at school is not for me. It's just, I get it. Show up, do your work and, and get a grade. I'm more intrigued by the film industry because it feels unknowable. And that's what I love to this day about it. It feels unknowable. It feels like there's so much to know that, that you can't know it all. And that's what I love about it. And, and that, and that, that it, it just intrigued me. And so I just, uh, I, that was a little bit more of a, you're going to do what? Because, you know, being from Minnesota, people don't really think of the film industry as something or didn't at that time as something that was a, an actual career. Mm-hmm. So you get to the Mighty Ducks. What was your sort of, I mean, it says special effects assistant. I'm not really sure what entirely that entails. So what was your just sort of role on the Mighty Ducks on sort of a day-to-day basis? On a day-to-day basis? I had a lot of cool roles. So so I, I yes, I was a special effects assistant and I, um, uh, everything from steam, like you'll see in, you know, steam in the, in the, in, in the backgrounds, the, 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 actually the pond, the ice rink, mm-hmm. we had to literally have a refrigeration system brought in and create that. Cause it was one of the warmest winters on record. And so we had to, they brought in like a, like a, an ice rink system that we could use outdoors with a huge like refrigeration system that we pump uh, uh, antifreeze through and then, you know, spray it down and, and, and create the outdoor pond, the outdoor ice rink. That that's just a park. That's not an actual ice rink that's ever there. And so a lot of that kind of stuff. And, 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 and I was always working with the stunt guys. Uh, Ronnie Rondell was the stunt coordinator and he's a big name. The Rondell family is a big name in stunts. So, um, I worked with with his guys in, in rigging stuff and, and and making sure they were taken care of. But um, probably the coolest thing that I was able to do was um, help build and design a uh, a rig that was I think it was what do they call it the knuckle puck yeah. rig. Yeah. So I, this this was a cool rig that but attached to the camera, and we had the camera on a sled dolly, and. Um, if you were, if you would imagine like two arms, two rods that would stick directly out from camera. And then on that, on those rods was a roller and think of a football goalpost, 
we built a football goalpost, a little miniature version that had a tungsten wire that went straight across through a puck that was made of styrofoam, a perfect replica puck that was made of styrofoam. And um, so it would spin. And if you went, if you, if you, if you bisected the, the puck mm-hmm. with that tungsten wire that doesn't show up on film, it would spin. And we put a pneumatic uh, air hose underneath it and it would spin the puck. And now you put that on a dolly and you run across the ice and the puck would spin as we're, as we're dollying. So it's kind of like this in-camera visual effect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we took that and then even added one more element, which was um, we put it on a motorized, what's called a worm screw, and we, we motorized it and this it would ride on this sort of piece of plywood that we would cut, a uh, piece of wood, and we would cut bumps into it, sort of like a key, and it would ride up and down on there, and then now the puck would move up and down in the frame. <laughs> as we were dolling forward. So we could kind of modify it to do whatever we wanted and turned out to be this really cool rig that they used a lot and, and saved them all sorts of money and special effects. It sounds like a, like a really uh, fun, like middle school science project or physics. (laughs) Totally cool. That's exactly what it was. It was the coolest mechanical rig ever. It was super fun. So you are listed in the mighty ducks and you're listed in D3. Were you involved in D2 as well? I was, but for limited... I didn't do as much on D2. Okay. And I forget. I think there was another show going on at the same time. I did help with the Zamboni. We drove a Zamboni through a wall. Yeah. It was, that was D2. Right. Famous and scene. And then... What's that? It's a famous scene. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I worked with the, with the team on that. Um, but my, my role was limited to that. I think I was on another project and then ducks three came around and, um, yeah, I was on the second unit for that. Um, doing a lot of doing some driving work, doing some, um, gosh, I get, actually I'm in the film. I get, I get hit. The guy goes through the ice, uh, through the, or through the glass. Oh, that's you. And that's me. It lands on me. (laughs) Yeah. I got pretty bloody from that. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he lands on me. That was that was R.A. Rondell. I think it was the stuntman on that, and he hit the air ram, and they blew the glass, and it and and so I get landed on with shards of glass, and <laughs> and I was the dummy, right? Um, but did, um, but yeah, I got I got you know that one I got cut up a little bit, but that's all right, and uh, worked out, and uh, and then worked with the second unit team under Steve Boyum, who's the second unit director, who. If you know Steve Boyum is, he's the guy in Apocalypse Now. You want to surf or you want to fight? I want to surf, sir. <laughs> and he's actually the guy out there surfing in Apocalypse Now. <laughs> That's great. Uh, going back to, uh, I guess, uh, on the Mighty Ducks. So you're talking about the pond. So basically, Gordon Bombay did not n- know how safe that was. He was, he was, he was fibbing a little bit there. Completely right, and and as you notice, I mean, it's there's tons of water. It was so flipping warm that the refrigeration system couldn't keep up keep up with how warm it was. <laughs> it was terrible. We were trucking in snow from all over the state. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, we, we've had other people talk about that scene where like the actors were not on their skates; they were just in like winter boots and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Besides getting landed on by a guy, what other stunts did you do there in D3? Um, you know, there was a, I had a car 
I was in the scene, you know, when they're rollerblading. Yeah. And, and, and they're rollerblading all around. I was working with that team. Um, God, there was all sorts of little stuff like, like, uh, you know, tons of, tons of driving stuff where, you know, they're rollerblading around traffic and I'm in one of the cars and, and we had a ramp built on one of the cars so you could jump over and you know, do a big jump over the car or there would be, um, gosh, just all sorts of various, um, he gets, you know, the, he got wrapped up in hose. I remember, right. Yeah. The skates get wrapped, you know, just helping make that happen. So just working with the stunt team, rigging all this stuff and, and with the effects background, I, I kind of, you know, I knew how to, you know, rig stuff and tinker with stuff and, and just kind of, you know, I, I, it's been so long. I can't remember exactly all the little things we did, but just, it was, you know, it was, I remember it's one of those jobs that you think, Oh, well, this job's only going to last, you know, you know, a week and, you know, a month and a half into it, you're still there. You know, it's it just, it was a great gig. It was a, it was a really fun job. I learned a lot from, from, from just working on the second unit team. Um, and I'm sure this varies kind of from project to project and from, uh, actor to actor too, but, uh, are, were there any of the, I guess, specifically the ducks or anything that you can remember that really maybe wanted to do their own stunts or anything like that? I don't remember anything like that. It really wasn't, it wasn't that kind of show, although everybody was out on the ice skating. Right. So, mm. so there was, you know, there was a lot of hands on deck for that part of it. Um, and, and I would, you know, you know, you know, when the hockey sticks, oh God, that, that's right. The hockey sticks all fall over. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Isn't that, isn't that what, isn't that in the first one? Yeah. Yeah. The when they go one. to the, at to the, the shop, chalet yeah. that, yeah, at the shop, gosh, all sorts of little, little gags like that, that, that were all over, but I don't remember, you know, so there I'd be working, you know, directly with Emilio or, um, one of the kids, but I don't, I don't remember any, anything like that, 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 that anyone was particularly wanting to do their own stunt or anything like that. They had, you know, this was still sort of, you know, they're working with Ari, with Ronnie Rondell, who at that time, I mean, Ronnie Rondell is one of the guys who invented hang gliding with stunts unlimited. This is one of those, like, look him up. He's just, he's an icon. He's a legend. Um, so it's very old school. It was very old school. Stunt men do stunts, actors. No. It doesn't doesn't happen. In fact, the second unit director on the first one was a guy named Mickey Moore, Michael Moore. I think it was his last name, right? Mm-hmm. Mickey, we called him. And he was like this, like he did Indiana Jones. He was second unit director on Indiana Jones. I mean, he was like total old school, um, super fun to watch. He was this, you know, little 70 year old man who'd be like climbing up scaffolding and doing all <laughs> sorts of crazy stuff. He was cool. Um, but, but, you know, you know, and I was young enough into the business that I didn't know a whole lot. So, so I don't think any of those kinds of things would have stood out to me as far as an actor wanting to do more or, or anything like that. Um, speaking of you kind of being so young at that time, um, is there anything that you kind of wish you could have done a little bit differently now that you do have some experience? Oh gosh, no. No, this it, like it's one of those things you hold dear in your heart. Like I learned so much, and like you said, it was like this great science project. I mean, I, you know, I just work on on all this. It was so mechanical back then. You know, we're shooting film. There's the, the lights are still big, and there's you know we don't have LED lights. We don't have light little you know remote rigs and 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 and, and drones and all that kind of stuff. It was still very sort of old school. So no, I think. What I love about it, what I revere about it is 
that it it was still that old world of of classic filmmaking. It, it, you know, there, you, you had to do it in camera um, because the effects weren't that great back then, and they certainly didn't have the budget for it. Um, so, so that's what I love about it because I think nowadays what's amazing is I'll go on set and that knuckle puck would never happen in camera nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. That would never, nobody would ever do that. You'd never do that. You'd just say, oh, we'll just, we'll just animate it in post. But, but I think there's an or, the organic nature of it is what's is what was uh, it, what's endearing about it, and what's you know the, the the kids are actually skating, and we had multiple teams of kids skating on the ice, and and um, ah, I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing. It was it was a really really fun adventure. So I want to go back to something you said a little bit ago. You were a special effects assistant, and then you saw these guys making money and decided. Uh, you wanted to do stunts, and you talked a little bit about driving and, and that kind of stuff. Did you have any sort of like training to to go through before you could become a stuntman, or is it really that simple where you just put your body no, on the line? It's, it, no, it's not that. It, it it does take a little bit of uh, a little bit of 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 luck and 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 learning. You know, effects got me close to stunt people. And then stunt people, what they do, what well, what they did then. I don't know if it happens this way anymore, but you know, you go out with the stunt guys, or while you're hanging out on set, you know, oh, let's set up the air ram and let's just play, let's just practice <laughs> while we're waiting to go to work. So you'd you'd, you'd practice flying through the air, or you'd, you'd you'd practice fights, or you know, we all they all had rental cars, so we take the cars out to parking lots and practice various stunts. You know, not the producers didn't know. You just go out and do stuff, and and then you know, and then uh, you know, Ronnie Rondell, you know, knows my name, and then you know, his son comes out and does Iron Will, and and so his you know, so Ra hires me to to play with them on on that film, and you know, it just kind of snowballs, and you just kind of go from show to show to show, and because I was in this small market. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was one of the few people in town who had a little bit of experience. I don't know that I was necessarily great at anything. I think it was just that I was I was around and and I had been learning the craft a little bit, and um, I was fascinated with the illusion of it. I you know a lot of stuntmen are great, much greater athletes than I ever was, but I was always pretty good at at problem solving and figuring out how do we cheat it, how do we how do we create the illusion that we're doing something? And, um, and I think that's where, you know, I got to work under a lot of really good guys and, and learn from, and, and you just kind of work your way into it. And, and, um, and one thing leads to another, you know, and it's a small business and people, people get to know you. Um, outside of the mighty ducks, I guess, uh, is there kind of one specific stunt or anything like that, uh, that kind of sticks out in your mind? There's a few. I mean, I, I, you know, we're always doing weird offbeat movies here. Um, you know, Fargo, um, I got to be involved with the wood chipper. Um, the, 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 you know, simple plan, uh, Sam Raimi's film. I got to, you know, double the old man. So I get clubbed on the back of the head with a tire iron by, by Billy Bob Thornton and, <laughs> and choked out by Bill Paxton and, you know, did, did a few other things. And, um, um, you know, uh, it's a movie called North Country. You know, got to do some 
some work with Woody Harrelson and Charlize Theron and, and, and do some, do some sort of heavier stuff, you know, rape scene and some things that were, that were, that were um, character driven. And that's the other nice thing that by being in this market, I got to work with a lot of actors because the budgets weren't big enough to bring a whole stunt crew out. So they would, they would hire me and I would, I would work with the actors um, in various scenes and, and, it gave me enough of a glimpse into that process that it made me want to direct myself. Um, so um, it was a great, it was a great segue into, into directing. Um, and kind of, I guess, along the, in that same vein, uh, who are some of your kind of favorite actors that you've worked with? Uh, uh, well, Billy Bob Thornton and Bill Paxton and Bridget Fonda. I mean, that was maybe my sort of fondest memory of a movie. Um, just it was just a great dynamic on set. Um, those people were great to work with. I, I worked with Woody a couple times. I just did another show with him last summer called Wilson. Um, I came in to do a little bit of stunt coordinating for that. And um, you know, I mean, it's 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 hard to say because it's not like you know Christian Slater on 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 Untamed Heart or I mean they're they're all. Um, they're colleagues, you know, it's not like mm-hmm. we're going and hanging out and, 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 you know, they're going to look after my kids. So, it, you know, it's, 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 they're all pleasant. Uh, I mean, there was, there were some, there was a couple that were unpleasant and I won't say who they are, but um, notoriously unpleasant, um, but nobody in the mighty ducks. I'll tell you that much. Oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. yeah. So- uh, yeah, you talked about just getting the interest in directing, and I mean, I've I've heard of actors going into directing and writers, but how do you go from stuntman to directing? Well, I, I, I as a stuntman and a special effects man, I ended up making my first short film called The Interview, um, and it was it was a fifteen minute short that I shot on film, and it was. Two days before I shot, my actor got in a motorcycle accident, so I had to star in it as well. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was crazy. And, you know, we had bullet, I was rigging squibs, bullet hits, and explosives, and acting and directing. And it was like this crazy sort of just try to get it done. And, and I did that, and um, it turned out pretty, you know, for what it was, it was, it, it was a pretty good little show, show piece. And I got to show that to Sam Raimi and, and Paxton and, and Billy Bob in the makeup trailer while we were shooting uh, a simple plan. And Sam Raimi sent me out to um, Universal to talk to his people. And I talked to them for like two hours and then they just said, get the hell out of here. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and I was walking off set, walking off the studio lot. And I got a, I must've gotten a page cause I don't think I had a cell phone back then, but I had some way. I know I did. I had an old school phone. There must've been something. Cause I got a call from a guy who's a producer on a TV show called Critter Gitters, which was Saturday morning, kids, animals and kids on location, sort of a live action Scooby-Doo. <laughs> like in the, in, in the words of Elmore Leonard, I've seen better film on teeth. It was terrible, but, <laughs> but it was, but he invited me to come. He saw my, my short, that short film at the Santa Barbara Film Festival, and he invited me to come direct his TV show. And it was, it was, it was, a, it was a great opportunity to literally pick up a camera, get 10 rolls of film, um, 
I had five days to make a 23 minute episode off of scripts that he was writing and they were awful. And you just, you know, you just burned it out. You just did what you could. And I was my own AD and oftentimes my own camera operator. And, and, um, and I, you know, I just sort of learned the basics doing that. And I realized that I needed to, uh, I needed to learn how to write because directing was hard if you didn't know how to write. So I, I quit that and I came back to Minneapolis because there's a phenomenal screenwriting program in Minneapolis. And, and I, and I went through the screenwriting program and then, uh, you know, moved back to LA and worked in effects and stunts some more. And then came back to Minneapolis, made a short film called Anna's Playground, which got, which got, uh, noticed and, and shortlisted for the Academy Award nomination. And, and, um, that got me representation and, and, you know, it just kind of snowballed from there and continues to hopefully. Um, so what kind of, uh, what kind of advice would you give maybe to a younger version of yourself or maybe even somebody a little bit younger that, that kind of wants to get into the industry? Um, several things. One, it's a lifestyle. It's not a career. Don't think that you're, that there's a, you know, a tried and true way to do this. Find a way to, to, to make a living and, and, um, and learn every aspect of the craft if you can, because, because the more, you know, it will pay off. Um, learn how to write. Even if you don't want to be a writer, learn how to tell a story that's if if you want to actually make the films, if you want to direct or produce, you need to first know how to tell a story and what a story is because all the other stuff is technical. Don't worry about what kind of camera, don't worry about, you know, any of the technology part of it. It's all, that's all BS. Um, because, because at the end of the day, all those things are being made so that somebody can tell a story. So, Learn how to write, even if you don't want to be a writer. Learn how to identify a good story and why a story works or doesn't work. Um, and 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 realize that it's going to take a long time. Some people get really lucky, and it doesn't take a long time. Me, I'm not lucky. I'm just tenacious and and um, you know I'm like Cortez. I burnt all my ships. I don't. I mean, I don't know what else I can do. I quit college, right? I I just went out and learned how to blow stuff up and and and. <laughs> You know, and so, so, I mean, I kind of don't have another choice and I, I'm happy with that um, because there is no plan B. You just kind of keep going and, and learning. And, and uh, like I said earlier, it's, it's unknowable. I think it, it, that's what I enjoy about it. Again, the movie's voice from the stone, go to voice from the stone.com. So we do this thing Eric, called the quack question where we have the fans send in their questions. Uh, we try to answer them. So we put out a call kind of specifically for you here. So Kevin is going to uh-huh. give us the quack question right now. Um, the, all right. This one was tough because we had some really good ones come in kind of at the last minute. Um, I think I'm going to go with one because uh, you have such a direct connection to it. Um, uh, Brian, who's at Bberg19 on Twitter, asks, uh, how did the varsity player get checked through the glass and into the front row and not manage to stab someone with his skate? That's a great question because they took the blades off. They totally, yeah, they totally, like, he had to hit this air ram with the blades off. And and an air ram, do you know what an air ram is? I have no idea. It's, no. 
It's okay. So imagine it's a pneumatic system and it's this plate, a uh, square plate that has these arms that are attached to a hydraulic piston. And that, that plate sits on a pneumatic switch. And as soon as you run, and as soon as you hit that plate, you have to, it's really important that you're actually at full stride extending as soon as you hit that plate. And it takes a lot of practice and you hit that plate and that hydraulic ram launches forward and it will push you. I mean, it'll push you, you know, 50 feet. I mean, it'll push you quite a ways into the air, you know, distance wise and, and your height, you can adjust according to pressure and, and you, um, they've aimed that right at the glass and he aims towards the glass. The thing was the glass was thick enough that they had to put pyrotechnic charges on the glass that had to be sunk with the air ram. And it, it, it blew up the glass just before he hit it. And then he landed on me and I got cut like crazy by the glass, even though it was tempered, but the skates, the skates were basically off. They just mocked up a pair of shoes to look like skates. <laughs> That sounds fun as hell. I mean, I that that's that that just sounds like a blast. It, you know, in hindsight, yeah, but I tell you, it hurt. It hurts. Be the landing pad. Be the guy who's landing, right? Yeah, who's going through. Um, it, at any point, um, I don't know if you uh, were like in a relationship or anything at the time, but was there ever any like spousal kind of worry uh, whenever you're doing stuff like this? I've had, I've had, I've been with the same woman for. Since not, certainly not since Mighty Ducks, but since a simple plan. So we we met just before a simple plan. Um, no, she just doesn't. She kind of a lot of times doesn't ask the question, <laughs> yeah. right? Just Ignorance kind of is bliss. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, she knows she was in the business for quite a while, and she kind of she kind of just you know ignored it. And and you know, I occasionally still do some stunt coordinating jobs here and there, and. And usually I'm not on the front end of things. It mostly now is car stuff, you know, a lot of you know precision driving things and things like that. Uh, but even that is, is fewer and far between now. But uh, yeah, she's just mostly kind of ignored it and didn't ask questions. And, and to be honest, I, you know, the, the, the kind of stunt work that we, we've always been doing here on the shows that I'm on have never been the big, massive, dramatic stunts that you see in Hollywood and, 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 and for, for good reason. I mean, those guys are the real deal and they have, and they have all the gear and all the equipment and, and you know, we, we tend to do the smaller things here. Fair enough. Fair enough. Again, voice from the stone. Uh, just real quick. How did you sort of end up directing that and, and how did Amelia Clark come into play and what was that sort of just process like? Um, I got the script from the producer uh, through my manager. My, I, I made that short film, as I mentioned, Anna's Playground, mm-hmm. which uh, you can find at annasplayground.com. And uh, I, 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 I made this, made the short, got the manager, manager on board. Manager asked me what kind of movie you want to make. And I said, a movie like Road to Perdition, a movie like Sam Mendes. And he said, great. And he got on the phone, got me a script from a guy named Dean Zanuck, who's the producer of Voice from the Stone. And I sent him sort of my response to the script. He loved it. Said, let's go make the movie. And um, I pitched it, you know, 
the way he really wanted to see it, which was a love story, that this isn't a straight genre. This is a more of a, lo- a love story um, with some with some haunting and, and scary elements to it. And um, loved it. And, you know, it, it took a long time. We we were financed and then and then our investor died. And, <laughs> you know, and then he the, 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 the lead actor gets pregnant and, and you know, he kind of. <laughs> You kind of go, oh, all right, so you start over, and we started over, and Amelia Clark, uh, we were able to get the script to her, and she loved it, and we hit it off, and said, let's go make a movie in Italy, and then she she got Terminator, and it's like, well, can you wait? And of course, of course you wait for Amelia Clark. So we, uh, she finished Terminator, and then we got her, and and went off and, uh, and made the film in Italy, and uh, it was great. We really We really had a great time. Um, I, I'm going to hate myself if I don't ask about this. And I think Tommy, our, our other co-host would hate me if I didn't either. Um, can you talk a little bit about your role on Mallrats? Um, we're pretty big fans of that, of that series. Um, can you just kind of talk about that a little bit? I've never seen the movie. I've never seen the movie. I would go to dailies. I would go to dailies and, and I'd be sitting next to Kevin Smith and I was like, dude, I don't get it. I don't get it. But you know, God bless him. Cause he sure did. And, uh, yeah, I was a stuntman and an effects guy on, on, on Mallrats. Um, I, uh, God, it did all sorts of stuff. I, you know, hung Kevin and, and, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jay, uh, uh oh, I forget his name. Anyway, you know, the Batman thing and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm actually, I repel from the ceiling as one of the cops. Um, I, you know, I helped make the Batman fly rigs all all sorts of stuff. It was, that was a full time. I kind of ran that show, not as a coordinator, but as a, as a foreman, um, as a special effects foreman, the, the, I think the coordinator was working multiple shows at the time. So I was kind of a lead on that and then would jump in as a man as needed. So d- did you not want to do any other videos or any other movies with them or uh, did that just kind of, no, it's out? got, no, they never came back. I mean, it wasn't gotcha. No, no, nothing like that. It's just, you know, I, I lived in Minneapolis and you know, he never shot another movie here. So, ah. um, yeah, yeah. Just, um, you know, but I, I, I never saw it, but I, it's amazing. It's, it's kind of one of those movies that just, it just keeps on going. Doesn't it? Yeah. Every <laughs> once in a while I'll get a residual check in the mail you know, for my role in mall, mall rats, it's just crazy. <laughs> That's fantastic. Residual checks are the life, man. <laughs> uh, um, uh, What's we, that? What's that? Residual checks are, sound like the life just to have. Uh, oh, right. Well, yeah, they're not big. I mean, like, <laughs> they're like, you know, $7. It's nothing <laughs> major, you know, but, but it's just funny. Cause they keep, you know, it's like, God, this movie just keeps going. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I'm I'm sure we could go all night, uh, but uh, we are we've been over our time for a little bit now, so we'll wrap it up here. We might, who knows, we might have you back. But go to uh, voicefromthestone.com. You can go to annasplayground.com if you want to watch the short. That's a n a s playground.com. Uh, get watch voice from the stone video on demand in select theaters. I'm sure you guys can figure it out if you're listening to a podcast. Um, anywhere else they should go, Eric here? No, no, that's great. Uh, you know, if, if you, uh, you know, find, you can find a voice from the stone on Facebook, our social media site. You can also probably find me. If you have a question, you can find me at voice from the stone. Um, so, you know, I don't know what, what other question there would be, but 
whatever. Um, I just love that you guys are doing this podcast. It's hilarious. I'm sure you get a lot of people like me on here who are like, wow, there's really a Mighty Ducks podcast. Yeah. We, always, we get a lot of puzzled looks whenever yeah. we tell people. And they're just like, how have you been able to keep it going for so long? And the answer is we I know. No do you idea. guys sometimes, like, on any given Thursday, ask yourself, oh, my God, what are we going to do next? <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know it started sort of as a lark and it's just gone like a hundred and i think this is episode 122 so that's hilarious i love it there's got to be it's sort of like that 70 or six degrees of separation from kevin bacon you know you could find you can find some connection to mighty ducks in anything right isn't that the job yeah i mean pretty much yeah, yeah. Uh, we should do that we should just really go down and the rabbit hole there you should do a cooking show you should do a cooking show that connects somehow to the mighty ducks that's your challenge that's I mean, a good challenge right it was right what are you well, gonna do i mean julia the cat gaffney became a professional chef and she was actually on go. the food network for a bit so see there you go You're done. done what is the official mighty ducks meal now right you gotta, uh, man it's it's endless I'm on board. I'm with you guys. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So appreciate yeah. the love. Like I said, we'll we'll probably have to have you back then because you got an interesting <laughs> sort of story here. So uh, again, voicefromthestone.com, voice from the stone. Watch it, live it, learn it, love it. Uh, for us, thequackdeck.com at quackdeckpod on Twitter, Facebook.com/slash/quackdeckpod. Go to iTunes, give us five stars. Tell us your favorite. Uh, stunt from the movies, the films, the we like to call them documentaries because we think they're real. Uh, go to our shop, get your shirts, all that good stuff, and remember, ducks fly together. Uh, quack quack. And I'm-